You're listening to the Women's Football Talk podcast. I'm Brad Morris. And I'm Regan Walsh. So I'd wrote down the notes already that it was a miserable Tuesday morning and now the sun has come out. So <laughs> you can already tell how this podcast is going to go. But hey, I'm still here to brighten the mood as ever. We could chat all about the weekends, still VSL games. But firstly, how has your weekend been? I'll like asking that from now on. Yeah, it was actually a good weekend. Uh Saturday was a little bit busy at work, and then Sunday, nice chill day. Managed to watch all of the football for first time in a couple of weeks. Uh, able to keep up to date with his life, so yeah, good weekend. Can't complain. Did you get up to much yourself? Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> sat around. Well, actually, it did get better with with Villa this week, and I guess they didn't lose, so <laughs> there is that. Mm. You never did lose her, and sadly, it ruined their weekend for a couple of hours at least until they were happy again in the evening. But Arsenal fans are yet again in a bad mood because their team failed to take their chances. Once again, beaten by a team near the bottom of the table in West Ham United. It was, yeah, what happened there? Again, I don't know. <laughs> again I said this every time I've been asked about what happened here. We know what happened here. We'll get into that, but first I wanted to add this little fact that you you spotted this before I did. West Ham fielded the first ever starting eleven in WSL history to have no English players in it. Yeah, that is. Hey, I thought that would have happened before. Hmm? It's like Um, I mean, good sign of progress, I guess, with the English league as as it is (laughs) at at a wider aspect of perhaps the league. Becoming a more attractive proposition to international players. Definitely. So, uh, obviously, we see in the transfer window a lot coming from Australia and Sweden uh, these past couple of seasons. And then, obviously, if you remember back to the summer of 2021, I think, or 2020, when uh, there was a bunch of the US players that came over as well. So, the WSL is definitely growing in uh, international market in terms of people being aware of it and obviously now we're at a point where a team can field a non-English 11. Yeah it was and it was the French contingent this time at West Ham that did Arsenal over Vivian Assay from the penalty spot and Howard Sissoko scoring West Ham's two goals as they won the game. You wonder now well, with West Ham this is a massive victory is there potential for them to really kickstart something now, the addition of players that they brought in in January that have added a bit more individual quality to their squad just maybe will steer them away from a relegation battle. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of people saying that when they saw the likes of Katrina Gori and Jelena Zadorsky sign uh, that they are good signings and can help move them away from the relegation zone. And admittedly, I hadn't seen much of uh, Katrina Gori playing where she was previously well, obviously, I knew Zadorsky being at Spurs, uh, and I was like, okay, there's some good elements, but it's like, how long will it take them to fit in uh, to the team? And are those like two to three players, if you include Christy Mewis as well, can they really change that club around that quickly? And with this sort of result, you definitely can do. And I think, especially uh, Katrina Gurry, I think she was absolutely fantastic against Arsenal. Yeah, she was definitely one of the standouts. Thing with her as well, we saw her for the first time at the World Cup where she stood out in that amazing Australia team that got to the semi-finals in their home tournament. 
And West Ham, you said it, it's a sign they, they can do well. I think it's just the, the start, though, before everyone gets over over eager on them. Like, I, there's still work to do. I don't think they were completely there as much as they... There is a difference between defending well and playing well. Yeah. I think we do forget that sometimes. I don't think they were particularly amazing. They just ended up taking the chances that they ended up having. Yeah, and Arsenal were just poor in the final third. Like they, For me, what was wrong with Arsenal, and I've said this many times, not just about the women's team uh, in the past, but the men's team as well, is they're trying to score like the perfect goal of like everyone involved in it, and then they're trying to pass it into the back of the net. And I'm just like, you've got to take your shots earlier because, I mean, there's one or two chances for Vivian Miedema in the first half where I was like, if you just get that shot off earlier, might take one to two touches less, you, you're scoring here. But whether that's Viv getting her confidence back slowly from her injury, obviously that remains to be seen. But those other times as well, you just like, a more clinical Arsenal would have taken their chances by now. Yeah, I was going to add to something we've made about later, but we'll skip that. A lot of the talk was around the second goal and because there's questions again around the goalkeeping of Manuela Zinsberger. Should she have got to the ball better because she never really got away enough and it fell to Sissoko who still has to do a lot to get that finish in. And it's a lovely finish as well. I'd recommend anyone seeing it. They gave Zinsberger a new contract last month and there, there are goalkeeping options out there as mm-hmm. new signings that they could have looked at, but they trusted a player who they've had at the club for a long time, and she does seem to be making a lot more errors and mistakes, even if minimal at times. But you know, and I'll say this every time with goalkeepers, they will make mistakes. That is yeah. normal. But how important is it for a, a team that? wants to be title challengers that their goalkeeper is just like near perfect almost yeah Yeah. i mean for that second goal definitely i think she should have caught the ball Mm, and that's what i was thinking at the time yeah there was a few other times where she was like uh from west ham corners like she wouldn't get like good distance away on it or good contact at all and you're just like either fully come and get it and be assertive and dominant dominant because nine times out of ten the referee if there's a foul in the box uh and you're involved nine times out of ten the referee's going to give it in favor of the goalkeeper <laughs> so it's one of them you like you've, she's got to assert her dominance more and trying to claim the uh ball and even if she's going to parry get more force behind it because that one just fell too kindly to Sosoko. like yeah like you said she had a bit more work to do but it was still easy enough and kept the pressure on Arsenal when if she was able to catch it, that would have alleviated the pressure because what was it, like six, seven minutes between the two goals? It was around that, yeah. I just I'm just left wondering like Zinsberger's not a bad goalkeeper. I think we've said this before as well. She's still a good goalkeeper, but the errors are obviously inflated because it always seems to be in the big moments whenever they lose as well, which I've noticed, but I have to wonder if there is enough confidence in her from everybody else. And I'm not so sure that that's even there anymore. 
yeah, it's one of them where you like, there's moments you're like, there's a player there that you know is really good and has shown bright sparks over her time at Arsenal, but like you say, the costly mistakes, they just seem to be coming in those key moments and you don't want that when you look at the rest of the WSL in Chelsea and Manchester City, their keepers, 99% of the time are near perfect. They very oh, rarely Ch- make mistakes. I would have disagreed on Chelsea weeks ago, but they now found their option, it seems. I mean, they've got the fact that it's not even Zachira Mosovic or Anne Ketrinberg. <laughs> it's now Hannah Hampton that's just suddenly out of nowhere become incredible. Like she's kept, was it three clean sheets in a row now? It's, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, but I mean, we always saw Hampton's talents given mm. close to, to home, of course. Yeah, and the, yeah, um, I think though with Zingsberg, you. Although she has extended her contract, it will be interesting to see what do Arsenal do this summer because obviously Sarah Bahadi, who they brought in in the January transfer window, is only here till the summer. Obviously, there's um, the whole situation on Mary Earps. Do Arsenal look for that as a potential summer move? Obviously, they didn't go for her in January. Uh, if she ends up being a free agent... If I can just add... Start with her, she's not had a best season either, and I don't know if that's just of like because there's a lot of pressure on her now, she's been involved in a lot of things, so maybe there's distractions there that would have an effect. But there's, there's other goalkeepers you could look at in Europe, like we've literally sanded out Shearmaker Nadursi enough times to WSL um, clubs go and sign her, she's amazing, yeah. I mean. Could they look at even uh, Sandra Panos as a short-term option, considering uh, she announced recently that she'll be leaving Barcelona at the end of the season? Yeah. Like, there's definitely options out there on the market for Jonas Eidevel's side. Um, so I'm looking at the game, well, not just the game on the whole now, but Arsenal in the title race. Is that over for them? Uh, simple answer is no. Like, I know it's six points. It's a lot of wishful thinking now they've got to hope for che- not only a they beat chelsea when they play them probably or chelsea go and lose twice and then arsenal don't lose again you know like, that's just how the wsl have man city slip up as well yeah and they don't know doing that we'll talk about them later <laughs> right now yeah. it's the hopes are dented but they're not over just yet i don't want to quote sylvester stallone in this world i'm about to I ain't nothing over till it's over. <laughs> it's it's not done yet. And they no, can't believe that it's over just yet. They have to keep believing that they're in it. Yeah. 17th of March, all eyes will be on that game as it is Chelsea versus What if it's Arsenal. over before then? What if they lose another one? Well, I mean, I'm looking at their next two fixtures before that, after the Conti Cup and the FA Cup game. And they play Manchester United on the 17th of Feb. And on the 3rd of March, they play Spurs. See, like, there you go. I remember when we discussed it was their next five fixtures. It was towards the, the return of the season weeks ago. Mm. We said that West Ham was old. Yeah, that's the one they win. Right. <laughs> and then they didn't. Mm. So right. it's just throwing up this, like, chaos now with Arsenal. We're like, what happens now? Are they in it? No, probably not, but... It's not completely out of the question yet. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard for them to catch them over two teams if they stay as perfect as they have been for the majority of the season. But there's definitely a bit of worry for Arsenal, but you can't let that t- uh, taint your mind if you're Arsenal players. You've got to have full focus looking ahead to the rest of the campaign and just do what you can do. Don't focus on Man City or Chelsea. Just focus on those 90 minutes that you're playing against whoever it is you're playing against. Yes, and there's one other last thing I want to get into, and we don't do this much actually, thinking about it. That's referee talk. Because this weekend certainly had some interesting calls. I want to start with this Arsenal, this first penalty that was given. Debatable for me personally. Like, I mean, contact is sort of initiated, isn't it? But yeah, I don't think Catley even complained much either. She seemed like, oh, Damn it. At the same time, it's like, was it outside the box or was it inside that the box? That was Cause the it's... only thing I was questioning, yeah. But I can only Is go it... because the ball's so far in the area that that's what made her think penalty. I mean, we didn't really, because of how bad uh, the camera angles were at the Chigwell Construction Stadium, uh, we didn't get a good angle of... You, you the leave far. the Chigwell Construction Stadium alone. <laughs> But I remember there was the one, I think it was Beth Mead was flagged for an offside and the camera angle they showed us made it fucking impossible even for those with the best eyesight in the world to have been able to see whether she was offside because we were looking at it from like the corner flag it seemed. Just don't ask me <laughs> if we're going to bring eyesight into this. It's hardly the worst decision this weekend though and that's where I then wanted to lead into the... Next game I wanted to talk about, Chelsea 3, Everton 0. Well, as well stick the refereeing discourse because Emily Heaslip was the talk of the weekend again when it came to refereeing. And yeah, there was a couple of interesting calls. We'll start with the first one, the penalty given against Claire Wheeler. She clears the ball, but then clearly does catch Wrighton Canarid in the follow-up. Then there's a second penalty later on in the second half, which happens. It's Claire Wheeler again who's <laughs> involved. She's judged to have fouled Myra Ramirez. Which is again debatable, but we'll talk about it in a minute. And then I'll get to the other referee moment later as well, which is way more funny. But firstly, what a horrible day for Claire Wheeler. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, unlucky as hell. <laughs> it's just simple as that. Just unlucky. Yeah. First penalty we'll talk now. How? Well, no, no, that Uh, was the wrong approach. Not how. It's unfortunate. I could understand it from a referee point of view, but also those ones maybe should not be penalties because it's an unfortunate bit of contact. Yeah, it's not like she's gone out of her way to make contact with uh, Canarid at all. Like, it's accidental contact. Like, if that was like she'd... uh, Canarid was in her way as she was clearing the ball, uh, then I'd say, okay, yeah, that's a penalty. But in the way that was, you're like, there's no way you can give that as a penalty. Do you think it's because there's a Chelsea player that's gone down before that as well that you're wondering, oh, did anything happen there? But then something happened straight afterwards. You think, well, that's that one. And that is, yeah, you have to give that one, I guess. Like, I think even like we'll bring those three letters into this right now. 
VAR. If that's in play here, I still think it's getting given because they would look at that as I'm going off of decisions that have been given in the men's games this season. They would say, referee has give it and there is contact. So I can't really turn it over. I mean, that's me playing yeah. devil's advocate and just going on what I've seen this season. I don't like it, but that's how they approach it. Mm. It's, I know you're right in that thinking, but you've got to be saying, like, has, it should be in that sense. Has uh, Claire Wheeler gone with the intent of fouling Canarid? And there is no intent that she's gone there to foul her at all. And that's why I'm like, well, you can clearly see she's cleared the ball and then a follow through has caught Canarid. Therefore, it's not a penalty. Yes, there's contact, and not every contact has to be called a foul in football. Like, it is a contact sport. Remember that, people, at the end of the day. Well, I don't know, because the second one would also suggest that maybe it was slightly debatable. Although, I personally think this one was just about a penalty, I think. I, I think but, it's, it's definitely more of a penalty than the first one, but it's still not like. Uh, a full-blown clear decision like there was still some fallout uh yeah. seeing the talk about it yeah no i, I would uh, agree on that second one even well like chelsea maybe if we could say well, they're lucky to have got the three points they had a lot of control of the game while not looking amazing like they have been in the last few matches hmm. right everton certainly gave it they're all to them and maybe it would have been a closer game uh, had those two penalties not been given but then you look at the stats of all, and they say otherwise like 16 shots from Chelsea to Everton's three six on target Everton didn't have one like they made it hard for Chelsea but at the same time like if you're not testing Chelsea's defense in that sense then you're like well, do you deserve to get anything out of the game like even without those two penalties, Chelsea still would have won because of Aaron Cuthbert getting the goal. Yeah, I mean, I thought they had controlled it enough to warrant the victory. I just think it was a performance that maybe was not as strong as the other ones where maybe it was tiredness playing a factor. Lauren James certainly wasn't at her best this time around. And yeah. yeah. But I don't think some, some of the word I, I thought Myra Ramirez did play very well actually in the first time I properly got to see her play. Yeah, I mean that was her first start since making that move uh, earlier on in the January transfer window. It's still going to take her a bit of time to get fully accustomed to the team. What she's had what, three games now. I think Chelsea's last three games have been her three games: the Champions League game, which obviously she had to miss. And then Brighton and Everton. I think they've been her game so far. So, yeah. like, she's not even too well. That was her second game, and the first time when she came off the bench. So she's still going to get accustomed to everything, and will get better. And I think Chelsea, whilst not at their full best, you don't need to be at your best a hundred percent of the time. As long as you're still getting the results, uh, and everyone else behind you is still behind you then you're doing everything right almost sums up chelsea that one uh, we'll move to the comedy moment of the game and the just perplexing moment that happened because 
Brian Sorensen, Everton manager, was sent off in it did seemed like confusing fashion at the time, but I think there's been a bit more clarity than he might have made comments and that the red card came from that, which I guess is understandable and probably be deemed worthy depending on what was heard. So hmm. you could understand it, I guess. The first one was was just weird. It's because he took so long to decide the substitute. So, <laughs> is this Emily Heasley still with the Alex Greenwood thing on her mind? Just thinking, God, <laughs> so you're taking forever here. Just there you go. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Very, um, very strange. The, the, yeah. And then the, the red happens because maybe she's heard him say something. We don't fully know. If, if it probably has been clarity, I haven't seen it anywhere. And, no, I haven't seen anything. No, nah, and but we got some comedy out of it because the poor guy was made to do the walk of shame. It felt like around the pitch because the tunnel is the opposite side of the pitch at Kings Meadow. All, all it needed when it, the camera just kept cutting to him, just a music edit over it. <laughs> like, what song would you even put? over him in that moment. It feels too obvious to do Hello Darkness, my old friend. <laughs> um, Green Day Boulevard of Broken Dreams. <laughs> oh, it's a banger. Well, at first, absolute great song, but mm, too upbeat for me. I think it's got to be like... Yeah, but if we only have the bit where he's saying like... Mad World, uh... Mad World's got to be over it. <laughs> <laughs> All around me up. <laughs> <laughs> and just over the top shells like, cheering up, cheering up, cheering. oh gosh yeah that would be funny like, afterwards i just wondered like what happens does he just get made to wait in the car park is that what happens is he just then the literal definition of the jose Mourinho meme waiting in the car park for emily he slipped to turn because he just wants a word <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say because usually Obviously, uh, when they get sent off, they usually get sent to the stands, don't they? Like, Does that help uh, with the stand is literally like just the seat behind him? <laughs> well, yeah, or if it was the opposite end, he could still like considering at what like King's Meadow is like, like the players could still hear Make him. Make him clearly. sit with the away fans. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Try to figure out the best way to deal with it in that situation that brings comedy value as well. I have no idea. That's one thing for Nuko to think about. What about if they build um, managers their own little stand so like they have to watch it from outside the stadium? Just like build a, a gantry from. <laughs> no, you've just got a plinth in the corner. Just one corner. <laughs> you go to the plinth. <laughs> No, you're not just allowed to wear the hat of shame as well because you've been set off. <laughs> you're not allowed any technical uh, stuff to speak to your coaches on the uh, sideline. You're not allowed you're just to shout. Walkie you're just gonna... <laughs> you know, you're not even you're not allowed anything. You've just got to stand there. <laughs> Should I also have it so far away that you need a pair of binoculars to see what the hell's going on? And not even like proper ones. I'm talking those old school, like Victorian ones. <laughs> just put oh, your, your takes to the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> that's the kind of insightful <laughs> chat we, we should we should be having more on these podcasts. But anyway, uh, sticking on Nuco, they should probably be prioritising yeah, improved 
officiating if that is something that they want to go into when they take over from next season. Definitely. It's obviously it always seems to be a big talking point, like the standard of the refereeing in the women's game and how sometimes it's the decisions are really poor. Um, and it is something as the league and the game continues to grow, we hope the standard of officiating also continues to grow and we get fewer mistakes uh, than we have been seen in, over the past. Won't be the last of the, well, won't be the last we hear of controversial decisions, that is for sure. Chaos ensued on Thursday evening as Brighton and Hove Albion sacked Melissa Phillips as head coach. It left everybody shocked at why they had not done, well, why they had done that even, including ourselves, if anything. Now, we both communicated our thoughts on this in the last few days. You did the video on Friday discussing it. I thought it was pretty good from you. And then on Saturday, I wrote in the weekly news discussion, which is now a new feature available over on our Substack, completely free and available to read over there. Go check that out. Now, I thought I'd, I'd try to be quite balanced when I wrote that. Mm-hmm. But in the days that have gone by since this, with all the analysis, just really, really thinking about it, look at the table, also taking personal ambitions of the club themselves into account. I think they might have done the right thing. And I don't, I don't like it. It's football. It's a results business at the end of the day. As much as we can say, maybe she deserved time, and I think she did. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to have seen her given the full season. And yeah, I think more and more so the last videos. I think actually maybe the right decision could have been done. I mean, if they were to sack her, but my thing is, why do it a couple of days before you play Manchester United? Why not do it? over the winter break because I said it I think in the video on Friday or I've certainly mentioned it uh, in speaking to other people why sack a manager the day after the transfer window has closed so whoever you bring in as manager now has to deal with that squad for the rest of the season no matter how long it takes whether it's Mike, Mikey Harris and I've forgotten who the other fella is working with him. Is it Jonathan Fisher? Uh, I'll take your word for it. I can't remember. Off the I, top I of don't head. remember either, to be honest. That, it sounded familiar. Um, for the rest of the season, whether it's them lot or someone else comes in quickly, they've got to, like, the players aren't going to be changed and can't be changed. Like, the only thing you can do is implement new styles or play a new tactics. And... It's one of them, you know, the club seem very ambitious as to where they want to take the women's team. It's been said countless times that they want to try and break into the top four and break the tradition, well, what is slowly becoming the tradition in the WSL of Man United, Arsenal, Man City and Chelsea being the top four sides. And yes, they have spent money on players and bringing in quite a lot of players, but at the same time, it takes 
players time to settle and embed it. Half a season is not enough time. It would take a full season minimum. And she hadn't even been in charge for a full year. If they were bottom of the table, had no points, had the leakiest uh, record in the league, then I could say it's more warrantable uh, of a sacking. But it just felt really weird timing. More, I think, yeah. more than uh, uh, my bemusement of the sacking, which I was at the time when it came out on Thursday. The more I think of it now, it's like, why then? Why did you choose, uh, what, three days before you play again in the league? And why do it at the end of the January transfer window? Like, there's to me, that is, is confusing me. Hmm. I think the way I saw it was like, just like you, I was surprised at the time. And that's, again, I thought it was a bad call also. But as time went on, I just thought, do you know what? I get it. But also at the same time, when you talk about their ambition, I think at this current point, that ambition is completely unrealistic. Brighton and Albion do not have the name that Manchester United have. So they can't. I don't want to say they can't get there as quick as them, but the challenge is certainly a lot tougher. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't see um, how you can expect, especially where, if you look at them 12 months ago to where they are now, you can't ex- expect them to have made the that much leap and bounds. No, but I mean, in terms of like the progress you'd because last season you could say they were really badly down there and uh looking boy you thought they were going to go the down the best way to but... describe it is yeah on paper it would say oh there hasn't been much progress because they're 11th still like where's yeah. the difference but you know you have to pass the eye test in this they have looked better they looked like they got the win against manchester city somehow <laughs> for all the chances that man city had in that game Brighton came away and got the win in that one and also then got the point against Manchester United, even if they didn't hold on for the win in that one. But they've lost a lot of games this season, as I said, results business. And that's the thinking of the hierarchy. I can only think in this situation and I could sort of understand it maybe. Yeah, in that sense, uh, I have to agree because like... Uh, performance results wise they haven't really improved like you say they're still where they are in the table but I think you could sometimes you've got to look more at the results and look at the progression that is being made I mean they've only just slipped to 11th this past weekend because of results elsewhere uh, so it's not like they were they've been 11th for like weeks on weeks on weeks it is now just this past weekend where they've gone down there and if they said like the board came out and said, right, this season our target is a mid-table finish, and then our five-year plan is to eventually try and break the top four. Then I don't think people would would have seen this as such an outrageous sacking. But I think because they Do came out is. and said, gone. They saw your predictions. <laughs> That's what they <laughs> they saw your predictions and your 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 guess of Brighton being one of the surprise packages of this season, and for. Well, that's it. <laughs> Anything less is a failure. Uh, so you're blaming me for Melissa Phillips getting yes. back to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you should accept blame and write a Twitter apology. 
Oh, gosh. If only that was the case. She put you on a plimp and make you <laughs> the, sh- the, the walk of shame as well now for that. Uh, I just want to get back on the point of you talking about who the next manager would be because as of right now, I don't know who the hell it would be right now. Whoever it is, they have to bring in a good style of football that will A, suit the team as well, but then also bring about a good culture that can reflect in the whole women's side of the club as well. Yeah, and for me, you can't be going around thinking we want to have the exact carbon copy of the men's style. You've got to have your own individual style. I don't and... know. You see, you, you can. You, like, There's a way of doing it that works. I would look at Tottenham. I mean, that has worked a bit, but I feel like there's still some slight differences between the men and women's side. And to be fair, though, if you look at how the men's side of Brighton have been going recently, it hasn't been going that well in recent weeks, despite them still being eighth in the league. I mean, obviously, excluding this past weekend where they won 4-1. Like, their few results haven't been too good before that. I, I don't know. Brighton's men's team and the women's team feels like there is a difference right now. It doesn't feel like the same, if I'm honest, even with recruitment, as much as they tried to to do that in the summer, like going for much more quality players to is in a difference of approach, but I don't think that has fully come to roost yet. Let's not say it won't happen. I still think it takes time, but now they've got to go under a different manager's approach. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how and when that happens. Um, but they did play Manchester United. They were the lunchtime game on Sunday, um, midday kickoff, and it was the Nikita Paris and JC Ferreira show. Yeah, this was was JC's best game, maybe. I mean, did... Oh, I think it was. Yeah, okay. I'll take your word for it as the Manchester United fan in this, but Nikita Paris is the one that we're all talking about still scoring two goals again. She's in another league right right now with her form. Playing in this number nine role. Yeah. Uh she's doing great. She's probably gonna get an England call up, I think. I, I don't see how you can't reward her for this. We said that the the last international break though, didn't we? I'd say her form was better now. And if you think about it, we're a team, England wise. We're after a few number nines. Like Russo's sort of out of form but slightly she's not banging them in as much as Paris is Rachel Daly's not really as clinical as she was so do you give Nikita Paris a chance Beth England hasn't scored many since she's come back and I think I think you give her a chance at number nine I think it's very interesting. I mean, they announced they're playing two friendlies in Spain, if I remember correctly, uh, against, I want to say, was it Austria and Iceland? I don't know about the Austrian one, because I think that was the men's team. But I do not I do remember them saying that there is going to be the friendlies. I can't remember the top of my head who it was now that you say it. But, yeah, I get your point. Uh, I think she deserves a chance. I think you have when you have a player... That is on form like this, you take those players into the squad with you. Yeah, the other team's Italy. Italy, that was it. Don't confuse with your eyes there, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. I'm confused with my eyes all the time. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, a good win for Manchester United. Um, 24 points now on the season. And with Arsenal slip up, could they try and nab that uh, third and final? Oh, well, we might have seen it in now. Is that it there? Are no, we all I'm, turned around? I'm not, Is I'm not, it... I'm <laughs> nope. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just that play. <laughs> I'm only saying because the next WSL game is Arsenal versus Manchester United it's, on it's the a 17th. Huge one. Yeah, it's a big one mm-hmm. in context now for those two teams. I think if United don't win it, that probably rules them out. Although, well, Arsenal, maybe you can't rule anything out. Mm. And if United win that, that would put them a point behind Arsenal. So it would give us a very intriguing battle towards the end of the season. Which is nice because we want storylines and we want narrative to end this season. We don't want Chelsea running away with the league and we don't want there to be no Champions League to fight for the the last days of the season. Exactly. Now, I just wanted uh, to add one last line with Brighton though, Pinky Bay now, because I don't think they did too badly in this game, given that it probably wasn't the ideal preparation for the players who it slightly been reported that they were just as surprised at Melissa Phillips's departure as well. So mm. before a massive game against Manchester United, it's not the ideal prep you'd think. And I thought they handled themselves well in this game. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you say, it wasn't as bad as could have been for them. But uh, yeah, it was still uh, a good enough showing despite the result. We're going to do something a little bit different now with the rest of the WSL games that happened, and that is a new thing I call quickfire thoughts. I'm just going to say the result of the other matches, and I want you, Regan, to offer your thoughts because I don't think there is a lot that needs to be said about these games. There were moments that happened. You, I'm sure, will mention them. If I think there's anything that needs to be added, I'll chime in. So, you fine with that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. Cool. I'm interested to see how it goes. Wanted Sorry, I'm just watching the Champions League. Wanted approval. Uh, I, I've just got the Champions attention. League draw. Well, no. <laughs> Sorry, I've got the Champions League draw. You can't be doing that. Oh, just oh, God's sake! Right, Manchester City two, Leicester nil. Crazy goals. Two absolute crazy goals from <laughs> Manchester City. I mean, that's all I need to say is go watch them on uh, Twitter. Just Lauren Hemp's scorpion. I honestly didn't know what it was at the time. I'm not even convinced it could be classed as a scorpion kick. It seemed like she just, the ball hit her leg and it somehow went in. She was just as confused when she saw it back. I was like, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then uh, Chloe Kelly scoring direct from a corner kick. Channeling her in a Douglas Louise there. Nice to see. I always like to to sit. Yeah, all right. (laughs) (laughs) For the women's context, yes. Yes. Uh, other games, Aston Villa 2, Bristol City 2. Good draw for Bristol City. Carrie Jones with a wonder strike in well that did. It was dying. It caught me off guard watching it. I was like, well, how's that happened then? Mm. <laughs> Van Domslav was beaten there. Yeah. Also, I'm 50-50 on that Bristol City kit. I kind of like it, but at the same time, I kind of hate it. Uh, see, I like that as well, but are different. You know how I am with Albion's like yellow and green stuff? The West Brom, I mean. Mm. Like, yeah, I know who you meant. Don't worry. It's, it's horrifying, but it's a club thing, so I like kind of just let them off. 
football heritage. Like Bristol's yellow and green is kind of their thing as well, I think. Unless I've got that completely yeah. wrong. So I let them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, oh, do I need to try and report on Villa? Uh, no. Absolutely not. Uh, finally. <laughs> I'm nothing but. Yeah. Finally, Liverpool won, Tottenham won. expected <laughs> I, mean, it's just, I mean it's the exact same result as it was back in what? november when the two wasn't that a last minute equalizer as well or have i just got that wrong as well also i think it was well i think it wasn't it spurs that got the last minute equalizer I that time remember. i'm gonna look this up before i say but yeah uh, no, same result it wasn't no it wasn't it was, no. uh Bize did score for uh, Spurs, but it was Sophie Roman Haug in the 66th minute that uh, leveled it for no. Liverpool. Well, yeah, there you go. Then, so other than that, that's that's all. WSL chat wise, obviously, there's football this week. There's Conti Cup quarterfinals. So it's Arsenal versus London City Lionesses. That should be funny. Like, if imagine like London City Lionesses, could they? Could they? I mean, that would be a good upset. It would. It would be bigger than losing to West Ham, I think. If like if Arsenal women's fans aren't already hurt enough, this will really hurt them <laughs> if they somehow didn't win this. Uh, then there's Tottenham mm. versus Manchester City in the other one, Aston Villa against Brighton and Hove Albion, and then Chelsea play Sunderland in the other one. They happen Wednesday. Yep, all games are tomorrow. Uh, Brighton's game, London City, and Chelsea's game are at 7 pm UK time. Tottenham Man City is at half seven. Yes, there's also this weekend, there isn't any WSL games, but there is the Women's FA Cup. And there's too many fixtures going on to, to run through all of them. But I, as far as I remember, the standout is Manchester City versus Arsenal. Yep, uh, that is the Sunday lunchtime kickoff. So we've got two on Saturday, Leicester, Birmingham, Tottenham, Charlton. Arsenal, Man City being the standout in uh, Sunday's fixtures. And then uh, the rest of them are all kicking off from like 1, 2 o'clock onwards. And then the late game is Nottingham Forest versus Everton. Yeah, hoping for a shock. Bit of magic of the cup. Let's try and transfer some of that over to the women's competition as well. And as we're talking right now, the Champions League draw is ongoing. We can't really cover it because they haven't happened yet. They're taking forever with the procedure, of course. So as usually yeah, do. I'm sure Regan will be able to offer his thoughts when he does a short clip for the YouTube channel later. <laughs> yes. So until uh, then, that is pretty much everything, unless I forgot something. I was just trying to run through my head. Anything. Uh... Try and take as much as you can oh, yeah. for the procedures have so then when we were done recording we can watch the draw. <laughs> yeah, what I was gonna say was um mentioned uh, with the West Ham Arsenal game. I don't know whether you saw uh Katrina Gori uh story. Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. Like I'm not a parent, mm. obviously I'm a long way off that, but yeah, can understand it. <laughs> Fair play. Yeah. So for those that didn't, uh, that don't know, so her and her daughter Harper were on the way to the game. She gets Harper gets sick all the way in the car just as they're about to pull up. So then she has to go home, get her cleaned up, and then make her way back. 
and she managed to make it just as the players were warming up and she managed to play the game and that is just absolutely an incredible uh, thing to have happened. Just, just right. yeah, parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, since the last podcast, uh, the transfer window closed, and obviously, Jem Beattie has left Arsenal. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, sad. <laughs> that's a sad day for Arsenal fans. Like they've had a horrible week. Actually, thinking about it, uh, yeah, uh, she's a legend. I, I was saying mm-hmm. for Arsenal, it's up for debate if she's in the WSL legend category. I think she is. I think we could safely put her in that list. And yeah, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on her when the end WSL comes around because, again, that league is cooking for football. Bay FC, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I think I'm becoming a fan. I mean, they I also added Yeah, I know you're it, like cooking with signings. <laughs> You're a Washington mm-hmm. Spirit fan. I might have found my team in Bay FC. Get in now while they're new. And you know what? The branding is doing it for me. Fashion as well. And initially, it wasn't. I didn't like it. But it, since seeing a lot of like... It works uh, for me because it's a massive B. Like, it's perfect. Yeah. But no, it's definitely grown on me. Especially seeing them jackets that the players are wearing when they're unveiled as signings. I was like, oh, I would wear that. Nice. Just kidding. Like, I'd wear that. <laughs> Yeah, if they see what a lot of out, I'm I'm down if they're listening. Exactly, and overall season, we'll head over to uh, the Bay Area for your first. It's never been game. West Coast. Never been to America personally, so. Well, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, their first game. I've just looked here from when we posted it. They are actually staying on the West Coast because they'll be playing Angel City. Yeah. Decent, technically a derby, that one. <laughs> San Francisco versus Los Angeles. So the California derby. Yes. Yeah, and the, they'll the, be hopefully. Carry on. I was going to say they'll be hopefully California dreaming. <laughs> Ain't no California love in this household. <laughs> okay, uh, they'll hopefully be in the California kingdom. Right, right, that's as many California fans. <laughs> We've gone too do. far. The, the, we're only doing this because the procedure's still ongoing with the Champions League. We're just waffling now, but we'll end it. End it yeah. there. Uh, right, thank you so much for listening. And as usual, make sure you are subscribed to our podcast channel, available on all pod- podcast platforms. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search Women's Football Talk uh, on both for all the latest news and stories as and when it happens. Like Brad said, uh, we have articles go out on our website. That's womensfootballtalk.substack.com. Go subscribe completely free. We have weekly articles go out over there. And subscribe to our YouTube channel as well for all the latest stuff there. And we will also have a reaction to the Champions League draw over there. In the meantime, we'll see you soon. Bye.